welcome to Way Too Twog's Bagpipe and History Podcast, where I, your host Jeremy, explores the possible repertoire of 18th and early 19th century bagpipers. Come and let's enjoy some tunes. Um, so this episode is the first one that I'm kind of pre-recording to insert at a later date. Um, so I don't know why I'm telling you that, just FYI. Um, this is an episode I've had recorded for a couple months. Um, I wasn't really sure how to frame it, but I knew at the end of season five that I wasn't done with Eliza Ross's manuscript. I love those tunes in there. They're really exceptional. And I just wanted to have an excuse to spend more time in them. And I got that excuse, uh, when a good friend of mine here... Uh, where I am now, although by the time this episode airs, I might be in North Dakota. Uh, but a friend of mine here in Iowa had a set of Ray Sloan small pipes, and I needed a set of Ray Sloan small pipes to record um, a track on Bannock's of Barley Meal. But I needed a set of small pipes. I didn't have a set of small pipes. I had gone to North Carolina and used my brother-in-law's uh, Walsh shuttle pipes and recorded the Mermaid track, and I really liked it. Um, but I had done that just for practice when I came back to record it on Highland Pipes. I'm like, no, that needs small pipes. Anyway, at the time I didn't have a set of small pipes. Amelia did, and uh, she let me borrow them. So this is me kind of playing around um, before I recorded the the track for the album. I wanted to be really comfortable with it. And actually, let's just go. I'll insert that here. This is the, uh, I call it the mermaid set, um, off of my album, the Bannocks of Barley Meal. The tunes are all from Patrick McDonald. Uh, it's just a big monster jig set. Basically. Um, the tunes begin with the mermaid song, uh, and then, uh, the fisherman song for attracting seals, uh, followed by a several of his, kind of jigs that aren't named, because uh, he has a lot of jigs that are just numbers, right? Um, but thanks to that reprinted edition, all of those, um, all of those jigs have titles, I think. Let me look here. Yeah, the tunes are, so Mermaid Song, Fisherman Song for Tracting Seals, uh, then Spoygan, Joseph McDonald's Jig, Lord Ree's Jig, and the Goat Herd. Uh, anyway, so here they are on uh, Amelia's Ray Sloan Small Pipes.
it's a really, they're, they're a lovely sounding set of pipes. They put out a lot of sound. Um, I imagine that they would do well in a session, you know, for kind of cutting through and being a very full volume set. Um, they, I, I was uncomfortable with them. <laughs> like they, they took some setting up. They hadn't been, hadn't been played, uh, terribly often for a while. And, um, they just needed some a little bit of TLC and some tinkering to get to get to work, um, and I in general I I am predisposed to to not like them I guess I should say, uh, which is not fair to to Mr. Sloan or the pipes because they sound beautiful and they look beautiful. It is just not an aesthetic that I'm a fan of, um, but yeah, Ray's Ray's pipe making has like they're exquisite. They're they're gorgeous pieces of craftsmanship but it is an aesthetic that I don't, that I don't gel with personally. Um, but yeah, and they also, the main thing, the reason I'm disposed not to like them is that they are a hard play set of small pipes. So they would put out a lot of sound, but, um, but yeah, I, I want my small pipe in to be like, like I'm just relaxing. Like it should barely be harder than a whistle. It's <laughs> how my, is how I want, I want it to be. And you know, it, it took more air to play, the small pipes than to play um, the border pipes and maybe you can probably make some adjustments with the reed and that sort of thing and i know i think ray made these specifically for highland piper so i know that um i know a lot of pipe makers kind of know that highland pipers want to blow hard they want to have that that bag pressure to kind of because that's what they're used to so um so yeah they, they might be the perfect set of small pipes for you if you are a highland piper first and you want to have a quieter instrument, but keep your chops up and keep your pressure and all that stuff up. These are these are great for that. Um, they're also in B flat, so they kind of sound pretty pretty close to your Highland pipes. Um, at least the set was in B flat. Um, okay. Anyway, so I wanted to get more comfortable with the Sloan pipes before recording a track for the album. So I went and played through a bunch of Eliza Ross tunes that fit on Scottish pipes, uh, on, on small pipes rather. So remember Eliza Ross was, uh, lived on the Isle of Rossi, uh, and around 1812 made this just gorgeous, uh, manuscript of tunes. Um, she went on to, I think, move to India and did some weird colonizing things. Um, but the music's great, <laughs> so we're going to stick to the music. Uh, one of the things that I think is most valuable about Eliza Ross's manuscript from when I played through it at the end of season five was there's a lot of tunes that fit perfectly on Highland Pipes, with a, but with a high B. And I kind of think that on Rossi, there may have been a lot of pipers using that high B. I think it might have been the norm there in 1812. But uh, don't know that for sure. That was just kind of my gut response to it. But these tones, uh, these tunes don't, right? These are set of Scottish small pipes that don't have that high B key, uh, which is generally what you need for small pipes because with the more cylindrical bore, you can't really... My understanding is with the cylindrical bore, the, the geometry of it, you can't pinch the note. Like you can't finger a B in, in the lower octave and have it squeak up to the second B. It won't be in tune. So uh, anyway, so that means that there's no high Bs or anything in these, these tunes, obviously. Uh, but let's start with uh, Dark Girl of the Sheep from Eliza Ross's manuscript. Sure that I do anything with it here, um, but you can kind of hear it at the beginning of that track. the The pressure of the drones was a little funky, and again, this is maybe just because of how I set them up. But um, <laughs> Ray's Ray's drone redesign 
scared scared the crap out of me. Uh, the and maybe it's a Northumbrian small pipe thing, and that's why I'm not familiar with it. But the the blade on the drone reed kind of extends beyond the body, um, and so I didn't really. I was scared to touch them. <laughs> I was scared to touch them and make adjustments, which, you know, is not the key to success with piping. You've got to know how to make those adjustments. But uh, the way they were set up was kind of nice in that you could. You, you had to like apply more pressure for one of the drones to pop in. Like its default was to be off until you gave it a heck of a lot more air and then it would pop in. And just, I realized like I could have done something with that. Interesting. Like I could have done some interesting musical stuff with that. Um, but I didn't, I didn't really have time to figure, figure out how to do it, but there's some potential there. Uh, anyway, next tune, let's do, uh, another Eliza Ross tune, obviously a dark one, a dark eyed one of the night. Man, it's such a good titles. I think most of these are in Gaelic too, but uh, Dark Eyed One of the Night. looks like the next track on my exploring uh with the sloan pipes is not from eliza ross this is just bonnie portmore um i kind of remember when i had this that i just kept playing this tune and kind of i don't know it, it's interesting playing a lot of different bagpipes uh, i just didn't i didn't for years i never was around enough other pipers or pipers who played other pipes to like just have an opportunity to take their pipes and play and see what came out but um it's kind of neat. Every time I pick up a new set of pipes, some tune just jumps to my fingers that like something about the tone or the chanter or the harmony with the drones, it just triggers something in my brain. I'm like, oh, now we're going to play this tune. And with this set of pipes, it was Bonnie Portmore. And yeah, it's a good, it's a good tune. Um, I'm trying to think of what it has been with other, other tune, other instruments. I can't really think of the other examples I have of this, I guess with my, um, with my Sloan pipes, or not my Sloan pipes, rather, with my Swain pipes. Um, yeah, I guess Jack Latin keeps coming out of them pretty regularly. Um, the Cave of Enchantment set comes out of them. Andro comes out of them a lot. But uh, anyway, for for the Sloan small pipes and me, it was Bonnie Portmore, which is a tune that shows up, uh, I've had it on the podcast before, and uh, so you can look up the details there. Um but it's definitely an Edward Bunting and I think some older, maybe even some older sources. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely an Edward Bunting too.
All right, yeah, just a lovely tune. Uh, okay, now here is a set of uh, two Eliza Ross tunes. It's cool. Uh, these wound up making it onto um, Bannock's of Barley Meal as a set as well, kind of at the end of the Miss Boswell's Jig set, uh, which is a massive eight-minute track that finishes the album, so I'm not going to include it here, I don't think. Um, <laughs> but maybe I will. Maybe I'll include a segment. So, um yeah, here it is on Racel and Small Pipes. This is Tune 70 from the Eliza Ross Manuscript into Jolly Allister, uh, Choice of the Girls. Uh, I'll play it on Sloan Small Pipes, and then I'll include the duet of Illin Pipes and Border Pipes after that. I'm not going to play, um, I won't play the entire Miss Boswell's jig set, but I will play kind of the last chunk of it. Uh, I finished that set with a duet of Illin Pipes and Border Pipes, starting with The Campbells Are Coming, uh, and then into Tune 70, and then uh, Jolly Alistair Choice of the Girls. So uh, anyway, here is that section from Bannock's at Barley Meal, but you can hear those Liza Ross tunes again.
and now back to uh, another tune out of just Eliza Ross. This is Mr. Mackay's jig. I'm not crazy with. I'm not sure if I'm not crazy with the tune or just not crazy with my take on it. But anyway, here's Mr. Mackay's jig, roughly. from Eliza Ross. Let's go back to Patrick McDonald. Uh, this is tune number 31 in the kind of back part of the book, which is mostly Highland Pipe tunes, uh, or maybe all Highland Pipe tunes. Uh, this one he just calls Harris Dance, but it also shows up on that Porridge Men, al uh, Porridge Men album. Anyway, here it is, Western uh, Harris Dance. Here is another Liza Ross tune. This is Dark Girl of the White Feet. So I'm going to set something up here. Uh, I really enjoyed playing a couple border pipes right next to each other and kind of listening to them. So I'm going to do that uh, with small pipes too. At the time of recording this, I don't really have a good set of small pipes. Um, but I do have a, uh, a set of small pipes in D from Denny Hall with some of the drones working. <laughs> and uh, I have my Ray... Uh, sorry, my John Swain border pipes with a split stock that I can plug a B-flat uh, Shepherd small pipe into. So, uh, so yeah, we're going to play this tune, Darker with the White Feet, and then uh, we're going to go right into a set that I recorded for the LBPS competition. So that is uh, Strike the Bell from William Vickers, and then uh, Little Wee Winking Thing from William Dixon. I'll play that on the uh, Swain border pipes with a B-flat chanter from Shepard, and then I'll post a, the same set again, except on those Denny Hall 
D pipes, so you can hear that. And then I might plug in a recording of that Shepard, Musette, and John Walsh shuttle pipes if I can find some samples there too. Anyway, first, back on the slow and small pipes, Dark Girl of the White Feet. Here is Strike the Bell and Little Wee Winking Thing on a B-flat chanter from Shepard and John Swain pipes, uh, drones rather. And here's the same set, so let's strike the bell from William Vickers and Little Wee Winking Thin Thing on D Small Pipes from Denny Hall.
apologies for the repeat, but this is um, that mermaid set from the beginning, uh, except on John Walsh shuttle pipes.
All right, and now sort of a bizarre old uh, recording. Uh, I actually don't have very many recordings of myself playing the Shepherd Musette because I didn't, I didn't like them. <laughs> um, but here is me playing a little clip of Jimmy Blue and Whippy Run Around. This is just off an Instagram video, so it kind of cuts out. Um, but yeah, doesn't sound bad. It's an it's an A. My main issue with those chanters or that that set of pipes is it took so much air, and also I never figured out after having it for like a decade how to start and stop without it squawking like it just always it was a squawky instrument anyway here's the shepherd highland musette And uh, I guess uh, at this point, this will, this will be where I'm plugging in another small pipe sample, uh, if I have one, by the time this episode gets released. But uh, if not, that'll be it for my comparisons. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, this has been sort of fun to listen to all these things, listen back to all the old bagpipes I got rid of. Um, I am struck, I, I enjoy, again, I'm, I'm kind of continually blown away at how good the Walsh shuttle pipes are mostly because I spent so much time as like whatever edgelord hipster teenager thinking that because there were so many of them and they were so popular they must be bad which is stupid that's a stupid thing and maybe the dumbest part of my generation uh where we assumed that all popular things must be suspect <laughs> um but yeah Walsh pipes are easy to play take a little bit of pressure but not as bad as like the shepherd pipes and I think maybe not as much as the Sloan pipes. I'm not 100% sure. Um, but yeah, the Walsh pipes are just so nice for being able to pick up and play. The Shepherd Musette, like, I was so enthralled by the engineering of it. Um, I thought it was way more exceptional than, in hindsight, it, it was. Um, I mean, I wanted a shuttle drone. I was obsessed with shuttle drones. I loved the Walsh shuttle drone. I just didn't like the wood choices when I was a kid. And there's a a wall or um, a shuttle Illin pipe drone... Uh, like there's a set of Illin pipes from of old that have a shuttle drone, and then there's a regulator on top of like the shuttle even, and I was just obsessed with that as a kid too. Um, so when the Highland Musette came out and it was black and white, I was like, oh, I gotta get it. Um, but also I was impressed that it came with three chanters. You know, it's an A, a B flat, and a D chanter, and the drones could accommodate all of that, which seemed like, well, I can't understand how that works, so this must be worth it. Um, but the the problem with the shuttle drone. And with maybe just using a double read for a drone in general, for me anyway, I never quite, like, it worked when it first showed up and everything was, like, pristine from the factory. Like, I could get all of the ranges, but as soon as, you know, the pipes kind of settled in, eventually I couldn't actually get the read, I couldn't get the drones in tune in all the places. I couldn't, you're supposed to be able to turn them on and off based on the positions of the slides and it wouldn't they would just kind of squeak and hiss rather than actually be turned off and because of the shuttle design you couldn't actually stop it without just like pulling the reed and putting a cork in the the base of the stock so it was just it was sort of a little too much the, the engineering i guess prevented me from being able to do anything with it um i will say so the the sloan small pipes have i think they're northumbrian small pipe kind of drone tuning pins like i see them a lot on northumbrian small pipes i know ray sloan also makes northumbrian small pipes but there's like built-in corks to it um with some different settings that I, th I think that is another set of drones that has some engineering feats that i didn't know how to use yet um with like kind of built-in corks so it makes it convenient where you can turn a drone on and off without having to do a ton of rearranging which was really nice uh, it was my first time getting used to a uh, a drone tone hole coming out the side rather than at the top, which is 
pretty disorienting at first. Um, and I think in order to get the nice volume and the way that Ray's pipes are designed, um, there's like four, there's, there's multiple tone holes coming out the top of the drone, but they all come out um, kind of perpendicular to the drone rather than coming right at the top, if that makes sense. Um, and so it was sort of weird to get used to like getting this little blast of wind in the face when you're playing <laughs> the drones that kind of shoot into your face. Um, but you know, now with the, uh, with the John Swain pipes that have that tone hold to be able to play an A, there's only one of them. So you can kind of move it to where you like. And I've also now gotten used to getting blasted in the face for the air and figured out I can play that with my face, uh, <laughs> to like kind of change the pitch of the drone, which is nice, which you wouldn't be able to do with the, um, Sloan pipes based on having more than one tone hole, uh, kind of going around it. Anyway, um, yeah, listening back to, like, D pipes are hard, you know, they're, they're tricky for my fingers to get that small, and those, those Denny Hall small pipes from, I think, the 90s or 80s, um, are, are very tiny, they're very tight fit, but, you know, I don't know that I like anything, I really like, I, I played that same set, on Illin pipes of Strike the Bell and Little Wee Winking Thin, but it's it's a better tune on on small pipes, uh, and I, and I think it's the best version of it is on D uh, D small pipes. But we'll see. Maybe when I get a good uh, A small pipe, I'll try it again and think other. But I've I've recorded it on border pipes, and I just I Little Wee Winking Thing to me wants to be a small pipe tune. It sounds better as sort of a slow small pipe tune. When I'm playing it on border pipes or real pipes or whatever, it's like, it just needs, it wants to be faster. Um, and I think the tune, at a certain point when you play it fast enough, it's awesome. But I think there's, I think in the middle ground, it's not very good. It's a good slow tune, it's a good super fast tune, but in the middle, I don't like it. Um, anyway, this has been my rambling, talking about small pipes and thoughts on them. I do think it's, uh, yeah, they're a cool instrument. I think it's interesting that they didn't take off, really, when they first showed up in, in Scotland. Like, I think it, it says something about the musical tastes and desires of um, pipers that, you know, border pipes or lowland pipes, the much louder instrument, was the favored thing. Um, Scottish small pipes are kind of a fun thing to play around the house uh, and, you know, in the tent or whatever, but, you know, they just don't have the same... They don't. They didn't have the same flexibility. I think um, for for a lot of pipers, I would assume in the 18th century that that's you know because there's there's Scottish small pipe sets from the 18th century, but nothing compared to the number of what we'd call border pipes or lowland pipes today. And I think a big thing is it's you can't do those kind of false fingerings. It's nearly impossible to pinch notes up into the second octave. Um, as far as I know, I've heard people talk about there being keys that make it possible, but I haven't seen those in practice yet, um, or like even museum pieces of it. Like I got the sense from, um, watching that Stuart Ledford, uh, video that like, there's a key that kind of just switches everything into the second octave, but I haven't, I haven't seen that. I think, I think he might, I don't know, maybe there's, I know I've seen like high B and high C keys on small pipe channers nowadays, but not anything historically that would extend the range of second octave. Anyway, um, sorry, I think border pipes or lowland pipes are sort of, there's a reason they were popular. You can play a lot of different keys, they're louder, um, but you can also kind of get up into that second octave a lot easier. So it just makes me feel like our piping ancestors were interested in, in being able to play around with different different modes of playing rather than just playing a standard thing. Uh, anyway, um, that's me rambling for an awfully long time. Um, so let's finish off with one final tune from uh, Eliza Ross's 1812 manuscript, and that is You Silly Fool. Uh, if you want to support the podcast, you can go over to patreon.com slash waytootwog. You can also go to bagpipeswag.com slash waytootwog to get some cool t-shirts and that sort of thing. Um, thanks, everybody, and... This has been a fun experiment of uh, recording an episode. It's May 24th when I'm recording this. We'll see when it airs. Uh, cheers. You silly fool from Eliza Ross. Hey.